0: Uh-huh. Has She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's here. a queen.
1: Thank you guys for joining another episode of the q chat today my special guest is miss elizabeth byler and elizabeth is the creative image director of eden environments she has a very interesting business so we're just going to talk about everything regarding design strategies um and i think she has a really interesting platform that would be really helpful so how are you
0: doing today i'm doing great yeah happy to be here how are you doing
1: I'm doing great. I'm very happy to speak with you. So before we dive deep, can you start off by telling everyone exactly you know, what is Eden Environments and how did you come up with this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, everyone. I am Elizabeth. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. Um, and I started Eden Environments because I was sitting in an office lobby um, waiting for an interview with this nonprofit and I was looking around and it kind of felt like I was in a nursing home, which (laughs) was super weird to me because this nonprofit was like focused on helping children all around the world, but looking around, like the furniture was really outdated. And so I was kind of like, am I even in the right place? Um, so I ended up getting the job and then one of the projects that I took on was actually renovating the space. Um, And during that process, like I redid the carpet and painted and got some new furniture, kind of moved some of the furniture around in the space um, and really fell in love with the process, but even more the outcome. Um, Seeing people like come in and be like, is this still our same office? And just feeling kind of that new energy that was in the space was really cool. Um, So I think moving from there, I went into business consulting and kind of saw how there's a lot of things that are done in business consulting that are all very good and very important for business. But when I was interviewing employees, I noticed that nobody was addressing the physical space and how that affects people. So I got really excited about filling that gap um, with Eden environment. So we're focused on creating inclusive and sustainable spaces with a particular focus on office design, um, because that's I guess how it kind of started. Um, That was my first project and still is where my passion lies because I think we all deserve a space that works for us um, while we're trying to do the important work that we're doing.
1: I think that's so interesting what you're doing, um, and you brought up a good point. Just reading through your bio and everything about the emotional and physical stress that can be involved with certain work environments. I know I worked in an environment in the past where like the walls were gray concrete and it was really drab, and mm-hmm. it really messed with my mental health a lot. You know, I felt like I was trapped. You know, and I just I don't know, like it really did mess with my mm-hmm. mental energy. So I would like to get, like, ask you more regarding, like, I know you said you started the business after feeling the emotional and physical stress of being in spaces that weren't designed also with your type of body and mind, and I know you did mention the energy, and your environment really can zap your energy, and I don't think people really think about that, that just a room, the the decor, the space, everything can really mess with your head, so I want to go over the four points I know with the design strategies. And the first one was size inclusive design. So can you touch on that and inform everyone regarding size inclusive design?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you highlighted the effect of space. Cause I think that's something that people don't think about. Like we're just inside <laughs> and right. don't think about how the space is impacting you um yeah so size inclusive design um is focused on designing spaces that work for larger bodies um a lot of space design is very standardized and that standard doesn't work for everybody like it's been based off of um mainly like cis het white males that were a certain height and body build And now the workforce is very diverse and just society in general has grown a lot. And so the size inclusive design is looking at things like seating. Do you have a variety of seating? Do you have um, seating that doesn't have armchairs so that people with wider hips like me (laughs) will feel comfortable and not like squished into a tiny little seat, Um, or sometimes you do need an armrest for somebody who uh, needs it for like mobility to get up and down. So kind of having that variety in the space. So everybody's needs are being met, I think is really important. And another place that we see size inclusion would be like walkways. I know sometimes (laughs) they're just these, like, I think of an airplane. (laughs) Like I don't know how people get past each other super easily. I'm always like trying to make myself smaller to fit through those spaces. And that's uncomfortable. And I don't mm-hmm. think that people should be experiencing space like that. They shouldn't be restricted from going to their local coffee shop because the seats are uncomfortable. Like people should have access to the space that they want to be in.
1: Right, right. And that definitely is another thing that, that can be considered, you know, Um one thing again that i noticed with the strategy the strategies that you have that it does improve mental health productivity and creativity i mean mm-hmm. of course when you're in a work environment if the energy is off and if like the if the actual like actual environment when you walk into your office and maybe even the lighting you know mm-hmm. and the furniture like you said the desk everything if it just, mm-hmm. if it doesn't if it's not inviting it really will affect the productivity, the mm-hmm. mental health and also the creativity or even retention, you know, because in your no. mind, you're like, I don't like being here. So <laughs> the next, you know? so I, I just think it just pulls on people. And I think that's yeah. why even after the pandemic, a lot of people are so happy to work from home because, mm-hmm. OK, you, they're in your own personal space. And I think some people really just did not miss being in the whole office setting, you know, outside of working with people, but just the literal office setting is not comfortable for everyone. So I wanna definitely let you touch on the second part, which was the neurodivergent design. So let's um, go ahead and explain that to everyone.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So neurodivergent is kind of an umbrella term that Mm -hmm. can encompass a lot of different things like autism, ADHD, um, being highly sensitive, it can also include um some mental health diagnoses as well um mm-hmm. just basically a different way of thinking um non-linear thinking so people that just don't always go from point a to point b in the way that you that some people think you should um right yeah so it's increasing in awareness i think people are becoming more aware of how exactly their brain works and there's different technologies that can do brain scans and things so that's cool like the science part of it Mm -hmm. um when we're thinking about design different strategies that i use one of them is called a visual inventory and basically what that means is being able to see your things clearly and in an organized way Mm -hmm. which i think benefits everyone, right. uh, but specifically with neurodivergence, right. sometimes like I have, I occasionally have the problem that if I don't see something physically, I forget where it is. I right. like, it doesn't exist basically. Like it's just hard to remember right. things. Uh, so for example, in my pantry, I have these clear storage containers. And so if I buy cereal, like rice, pasta, things like that, they go in there. So they aren't just all chaotically around in a closed cabinet, but I can visually see everything that I have. I know how much is there and when I'm like cooking, I can look at it and know, okay, I want this thing. So when we're translating that to the business right. setting, it's also good because then you aren't over ordering office supplies just because you can't find them.
1: <laughs> like right, it's just right.
0: a very good, uh, systematic way to do things um also with that i think about things like you were saying with lighting and kind of the stimulation that's in the space i'm the type of person that likes more low lighting less sound like very comfortable soft uh, fabrics all around me and i'm pretty particular about that and how things feel and sound in the space Mm -hmm. and other people do need more commotion happening (laughs) for them to be able to focus like it actually helps so Mm -hmm. having kind of different zones in a space can be really helpful so that if someone wants to be in the space that is a little bit more there's more happening there's people talking loudly and that helps them work like having that option but also having some of those more like quiet rooms for decompression that again I think these options like do help everyone. Like, they're strategies for a specific group of people, but like, who wouldn't want a nice, quiet place to get away during a work day? Right, um, when you need it.
1: I just, you know, like I said, it's so interesting what you're doing because, again, I just don't think sometimes people. Think sometimes people correlate just your actual environment and your mental health, the emotional health, your energy level. I think sometimes really can bring you down. You know, even our living spaces at home, you know, like clutter, for example, living in clutter, things like that, it really weighs on you. So, your
0: environment is super important. And, um, how
1: long have you been in business?
0: Yeah, so I started in 2019.
1: 2019 okay oh wow so right before the pandemic did the pandemic affect your business at all
0: (laughs) it did yeah and I think maybe the most significant way that it impacted my business is that it impacted me like that was a really rough year not just the pandemic but also like George Floyd's murder Breonna Taylor um that was it's just a stressful time Um, oh yeah yeah so i think i just i kind of took a few months to reflect and regroup um and so it was helpful in the sense that it gave me the clarity that this is still something that i think is really important and something that matters and that i want to do even if if the world is ending tomorrow like this is still what i want to be doing um and that was Yeah, I feel like that was a really powerful thing that I can come back to. Um, Wow, and are are you a full-time entrepreneur? I am, yes. That's great.
1: How How has the transition been for you um, from, so were you working like previously like in the typical nine to five before you became an entrepreneur? And if so, like how has that transition been for you? And because you started like right before COVID, I was in the same situation. I um, left traditional workspace in 2019, you know, obviously not knowing what was about to happen the next year. So how has that been for you as an entrepreneur?
0: yeah it's been an interesting journey for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i feel like i kind of fell into it a little bit like my Mm -hmm. previous jobs were just not the right environment for me like i was not able to fit in very well yeah Um, probably a combination of like my creativity and my various identities just like didn't mm-hmm. work <laughs> right, right. um so it was like leaving that space and thinking about what i wanted to do coming up with the concept for eden um, feeling excited about it and occasionally like i do take a job for a month or like do something part-time when i need to um so it's just been survival like making it work pulling pieces together getting creative about how I'm living um Mm -hmm. when you asked me if I was full time I laughed a little bit because (laughs) my bank account would say otherwise (laughs) but (laughs) I
1: get it I get it (laughs) this is my focus and I totally understand and you know I just think that um Entrepreneurship, you know, I know sometimes it's glamorized and people just think everyone should quit their jobs and, you know, work for themselves, which I definitely don't encourage that. But just like you mentioned, I also think that working a traditional nine to five is really not for everyone, you know, not everyone wants to do the team morale and you know mm-hmm. and fit in with the co-worker you know so yeah. I just I totally get that like I really I know personally I can't even mentally work traditionally anymore like I just think mm-hmm. it would physically make me sick I'm just not into it so I get where you're coming from too and also with the entrepreneurship and the bank account sometimes the bank account's like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> are you a popper on the street so I get it so. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to get back to talking about your the the other two design strategies and the third one was sustainable design. So can you tell us more about that?
0: Yes. Um I think sustainability is really important right now um mm-hmm. with where we are with the climate, all the natural disasters that are happening. It feels like every day there's something else that's going on um that should not be happening and I'm hesitating to say this publicly but I guess I'll I'll stand behind it I feel like Mm -hmm. most of the responsibility is with corporations like I know there's Mm -hmm. there's almost this like shaming for individuals that are not doing their part um but largely it is more on organizations to do their part. Um, And I know that buildings, the building industry is about a third of global gas emissions. So like, that's a huge chunk that could be improved. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think for my personal responsibility as, as I'm working in these spaces, it's really important for me to suggest more sustainable options. And sometimes sustainability is really budget friendly. Like I've done some work for nonprofits where I recommend reusing some of the items that are in their space, instead of just ripping everything out and putting all new things in, like how can we use what's already in the space? And that's a way to be more sustainable because we aren't just contributing to all of the office furniture waste that happens. Yeah, and I think that some of the sustainable items look more interesting. Like, I like kind of the organic vibe of them and just knowing that they came from somewhere that is like their fair wages, Mm -hmm. they are not depleting the earth of things that are valuable. Um, I think it just, it brings better energy into the space in my opinion.
1: I like that. That's really commendable. And that I really do like that. And there's a lot of thought behind that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the last one I want to talk about, which is very, very interesting. And I'm really interested in hearing this whole design, and that is trauma informed design. So definitely elaborate on that one.
0: Yes. Um, I am. I want to say excited but that feels like a weird (laughs) emotion to feel with being trauma-informed um but i am i am glad that trauma is becoming more well recognized and that people are becoming aware of that in their lives because when you're not aware of it and you have trauma you're reacting from that a lot of the time Um, And so bringing this lens into interior design, I think is really important because as we've been saying, your space has a huge impact on you. Um, I've been following some studies that are being done. There's a architectural group in Colorado um, who was using some of these design strategies in transitional housing, and they found that by creating a space that was more comfortable and personalized and had different elements like clear exit signs so you don't feel trapped in a space right like considering which direction your chair is facing in a space because people don't usually like having their back where people can like walk behind like that's a very natural <laughs> survival instinct (laughs) Right, right right um so considering different elements like that or having really like calming colors around um i also tie in biophilic design sometimes um which is connecting humans to nature and that's also been shown to like reduce blood pressure and really help your mental health um and going back to what the group in colorado is doing when they use these design strategies they found that it helps people stay in the program longer Mm -hmm. um and other just like really positive effects from using these different design strategies that help people it helps your nervous system relax (laughs) and not be activated all the time um because when you're in that trauma mode you're just you're going for survival and that's understandable um but it's thinking about how do we help people move out of that and feel like really truly safe in a space like what are those Mm -hmm. uh visual cues that we can give people that will help them relax and feel comfortable i think about this in like a therapist waiting room Mm -hmm. Like, are you designing that space so that people will come in and can start to decompress already, like even ahead of their therapy session. And then in the therapy room, how is that set up so that there's maybe a feeling of equal power even in a slightly imbalanced relationship? But like, how do you like have even seating So that it's not like one person is sitting all the way up here and the other person's (laughs) awkwardly looking up at them. Um, So thinking about different things like that can really help people have a better experience um, and eat in environments. Like we like to say, we like really want to see people thrive and flourish and move past the survival mode that we've been in.
1: Um, Right. And I think definitely for a therapist's office, it has to be something calming and inviting. Office, it has to be something calming and inviting. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the last office that needs to be something stuffy, where you know right. you're coming in feeling like you know you're going to school or something. It has to be <laughs> super comfortable. Because I'm a big I'm a big advocate for therapy I currently my therapist we currently do everything virtual though mm-hmm. so you know yeah. I, his office is somewhat irrelevant for me but <laughs> you know I still can't imagine if I was going there you know in the actual office mm-hmm. and I've been a therapist in the past where you know like the office has to be invited and that's the first thing that has to grab you when you come in and make you feel emotionally you know secure so mm-hmm. one quote that I read off your website was my primary motivation is a deeply rooted belief that people should thrive and spaces can be designed to help in the healing process. I'm an mm-hmm. organized, creative, and highly sensitive to environments that I am in, allowing me to intuitively design better experiences. So I know like, you know, you have a very interesting business because I know you're doing the entrepreneurship thing <laughs> so you have graduated from being in that office but you also mentioned something that was really important how when you were in the nine to five that you didn't feel like you fit in you know it just wasn't your thing so does this motivate you even more though so that you can serve others who they're still in the office you know they may not be leaving anytime soon if ever so does that give you like Like, does it feel extra special to you that it's, like, you can give that to people who are still in that office so that they can feel better?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think it does feel, like, giving other people the space that I kind of want or, like, would have wanted at that time. (laughs) Right. Um, And wish that there would have been someone else that was, like, the space needs to change. (laughs) And so coming in from the outside, it's also easier I would say because of the internal politics and things if you have an outside consultant coming in leadership is usually more interested in listening to their opinion Mm -hmm. than employees sometimes which is sad like organizations should listen to their staff but having that um opportunity to advocate for people uh, I really appreciate um And don't take lightly, like it definitely it does motivate me and is what I'm working towards. Like I'm trying to build a better world for everyone, but specifically the people who have not been designed for or thought about like Mm -hmm. things that have not been considered, like how trauma affects people, how they're in spaces often larger bodies are not as valued and considered in that way and so thinking about how can we intentionally tell people you're welcome in this space and like you belong here and your comfort matters and you are not the problem i think that's one of my (laughs) my big things like people i want people to know that their bodies and the way that they work in a space is not the problem like your environment should shift to accommodate you, you should not shift to accommodate your environment,
1: um, yeah. I love that. So one other thing I do wanna ask you too, obviously with you know, a lot of people with the great, my, the great resignation, who you know, as we, you and I are familiar with, who again, <laughs> I said, you know, they just chose not to, be in that traditional work environment in the office, but I want to touch on the whole work from home because I know that you also Mm -hmm. offer services for the work, work from home environment. So, you know, how can a person, I guess, just like you mentioned in the office, it is important, of course, to have an environment that works with your mental health, emotional health, that's inviting. So how is a person able to design that balance from home? Because I know like, and I speak from personal experience when you're working from home. I know I've had some issues organizing and just having that separate space where I felt like the same thing. Cause I, I used to be a workaholic when I worked like in other, like I was bad. Like I would yeah. think about work like almost all the time. I would dream about work. So when I started working for myself, I noticed I was bringing some of the same bad habits so what would you tell someone, like, what would you, from your services, what would you be your advice on making a nice, you know, inviting, but balanced work from home environment? Because I think it's important to have balance where it's inviting and it's okay to be comfortable because, I mean, it's your work from home office, but it's also your birthday. So how is it possible, you know, to have like a nice work from home office that's inviting, but also maybe not too stuffy because it's in the home. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought this up because I do know that it's a pressing question for a lot of people who do have Mm -hmm. that home office. Right. Um, I would say if you're able to, having a separate space for your home office is, very important, right. um, a space that you can leave, kind of like leave and go to, even if your commute is 10 steps, <laughs> like right. those 10 steps are important for your brain to know like this area is work. It's not your whole house is now your office. It's this one place. So you can kind of keep that contained. Mm-hmm. Um. If you do not have the extra space, because I know that definitely is a luxury to have that, even creating some sort of visual barrier, whether that's a room divider or moving a bookcase in between your desk and your bed, um, even something like that can also help your brain recognize, this is a different area (laughs) than my activities that are happening on this part of the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably the main thing that I would recommend. The second one, if you're able to, is to invest in a good office chair. Um, Or even better, ask your employer (laughs) to pay for an office chair. um, Because they should do that for you. And I also really enjoy two monitors um, on my desk because it makes me feel fancy, <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but also it's really helpful for work, um, and have something like a little bit more for my eyes to move back and forth. Um, another thing that I try to do cause I'm on my computer a lot is I have pictures of friends and family behind my desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that will sometimes remind me to like stop always looking at the screen but to like just take an eye break <laughs> and right. look at something else right. Um so if you do something like that or if you set a timer that's just reminding you like get up and walk the room or look somewhere else for a little bit because I think One problem that's come up with people working from home is that workaholic thing that you mentioned, like people almost work even more and don't know how to stop working. So those are some of the things that I would recommend for that. Um, Also bring snacks into your workspace. If you're someone who sometimes forgets to eat, (laughs) Right, Right, make sure that you have something easily accessible, bring your water bottle into the space, bring your other drinks that you enjoy um you can have them right there because i think at least for me like working from home i'm like oh i'll just go to the kitchen whenever i want something but if i'm really in the zone i don't often go and do that so it's nice to have things that i can quickly grab and your coworkers aren't going to take your things (laughs) so (laughs) you get to have them out um i also like having different organizational tools around the space uh-huh. um, like I have these bins behind me here that okay. I can put my different items in that's really helpful because like visually it looks similar um, but is a good storage measure behind me and like pretty easily accessible. Okay. Yeah. So those are just a few of the th- There's like a lot more that I can go into. Um, right. Add lighting if you can have, you should have at least three sources of lighting in every space. Um, and that way you can like adjust different things and make sure again, that you're alleviating eye fatigue. Um, think about the air quality, you can get Mm -hmm. an air purifier, you can get a humidifier, a dehumidifier, (laughs) depending on what your situation is um add fans if you're someone who gets hot or a heater if you get cold really just adjusting your space for your comfort i think is the main thing especially in a home office you have a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. Um, even if your budget is low you can find things on facebook marketplace craigslist maybe on the side of the street depending on where you live maybe on the side of the street depending on where you live um, so just getting creative and finding ways to make it feel comfortable and go with your workflow
1: and something else that I saw on the site you had some statistics that I thought were super interesting that 60 percent of employees are dissatisfied with the comfort of their workplace 2,000 hours are annually spent at work and 90% of the time, most Americans spend indoors, which I'm like, wow. <laughs> so one thing that I like to tie in is I do believe in self-love. I do tie everything to self-love with the platform. To me, self-love is it, it's just so important Because self-love. Also, it helps you with your job. You know, let's say it's a job that really is not working for you or is really toxic to leave that job (laughs) and Mm -hmm. also self-love is something that's important when someone becomes an entrepreneur you have to really have that confidence in yourself and believe in your brand especially believing in it when others may not believe in it and also it also helps and again like i said i don't want to glamorize entrepreneurship because some people have careers that they worked hard for and they want to stick with that so self-love also ties in with that too to have that confidence at the workplace too so what role has self-love played in your life and also just like I said what you're doing is very special because our environment is really important with our mental health our emotional health with our happiness our physical health Mm -hmm. so what role has self-love played in your life and also in this great mission that you're doing
0: yeah Mm hmm I'll start with the mission. I feel like designing a space for your comfort is part of self-love. Um, I think that word comfort, like we've been, or I'll say I have been told that my comfort doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. um, and that being uncomfortable is good. It's growing, it's stretching uh, that yeah, just my comfort is, should not be the priority ever. And so I've been working on retraining my thought process around that and being like, no, I deserve to be comfortable. Um, and others do when it's not harming anyone else, like having a comfortable chair is not, (laughs) should not be hurting anyone else. Um, and so reframing that concept of comfort as a self-love like I'm taking care of myself by providing an environment that works for me um and also removing that shame component that I think sometimes can creep in for me Mm -hmm. and not thinking I deserve to be uncomfortable because I'm working and if I am trying to like rest I'm being lazy or if right. i want this um colorful mouse pad like that's a waste of money why do i care about this and no like beauty matters and is something that's important to us as human beings like i we like art we like music those aren't things that are just frivolous like they actually boost our mental health and well-being and that's something that really matters um, yeah, so I've been trying to, to do more self-love, be more in my body. I think just connecting to how my body feels and how my body is doing um, and then doing my best to meet those needs, I think is a huge part of it for me. I love
1: that perspective and I've, especially mentioning guilt. And I do think that's one of the toxic things that kind of happens when you're zapped into a toxic negative work environment. Like I think sometimes people are brainwashed, are conditioned to think they're supposed to be unhappy. You know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be unhappy to earn a living. And I don't agree with that, you know, <laughs> and to feel guilty or to think that you're supposed to be uncomfortable, like you mentioned. So I definitely, mm-hmm. definitely appreciate that perspective. This has definitely been an awesome conversation. And before we end everything, though, please tell everybody how they can learn more about eating environments, how they can find you on social media. Just tell everyone all your contact information.
0: All right. Yeah, I have so enjoyed sharing this information with you. And I hope that people have been able to get some practical advice or just think about their space a little bit more. I think that's part of my goal is just... um, advocating for people's comfort and educating around the importance of your space and the ways that you can make that better. Uh, if people want to get in touch, they can visit my website, edenenvironments.org. I'm also on Instagram at edenenvironments, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest, <laughs> all of the places, YouTube. Um, so if you're looking for me, you can definitely find me. You can also email me at ebiler at edenenvironments.org.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much again for this conversation. I really, like I said, I really do appreciate your perspective on just how we can have better environments because comfort is important. And I definitely do think that that's something that we sometimes don't think about. Sometimes just changing the aesthetic in your environment can really make a difference in your happiness, your depression, your energy level, your physical health, you know, so I definitely, definitely love what you're doing and I think it's some extremely useful information and hopefully someone will think about this and like I said, even in their home, especially now, a lot of people are working from home and whether they're working from home for someone else or working from home as an entrepreneur, you know, just, making sure you have a nice work environment from your home as well, especially in your home so that you can be really happy and comfortable because it does lead to more productivity, Mm -hmm. great health and creativity. So I definitely appreciate what you're doing so much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here and talking with you.
1: Same here. Thank you so much for being on the platform. And guys, please make sure that you listen to everything, all the different great points that Elizabeth mentioned. I really do think, again, that just making some changes in your environment can make a huge difference. And by any chance, if you do work in an office where they may not be able to get someone great like Elizabeth to come in and make some changes, you can still make some changes in your workspace. Maybe by adding a plant, or adding maybe more pictures of your family or just something that would make you more comfortable. I really do think it would make a difference. So thank you guys again for joining the Key Chat. Make sure you be safe. And of course, go love
0: yourself.